Support for a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Yo, it's showtime, here we go. Buckle up, mask up, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Mr. McMahon in your stereo. I'ma set the stipulation and scenario. Force count everywhere, George drive everywhere. Hit you with a finisher from out of nowhere. Eyes all white with the cold stare, you know I had to go there. Hell yeah, the flow so real. Pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. You ain't really ready for the boss, no pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Shooting star deadly off the porch, no pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. The most electrifying, steady with the source, not a penny in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Yeah, just a Kenny for your thoughts, what? The Kenny for your thoughts podcast. Welcome everybody, July 29th, 2021. And this is the episode, just like every other episode, where as soon as I unmute the mic is when Brandon decides to laugh during the intro. (laughs) Is I can't get over it. Like watching it back, what? Because it's like we were trying to look cool, and so like I guess it kind of looks cool, but it's kind of cheesy. Wait, wait, hold on a second. The the intro that's literally what we were going for. I don't know if you remember. I wanted it to look like we were serious, but it was cheesy at the same time. That was literally the point. So we nailed it. Because I wanted it to look like you were like looking off into the distance and, and and stuff. And, any, and by the way, anybody in audio land right now has no idea what we're talking about. So go to youtube.com slash Kenny for your thoughts. You can see our intro and see what Brandon's talking about. Well, Brandon, I have a drone now. We could go reshoot that with a drone, you know? Oh, it's you drone That'd guy. Fun. That'd be fun. Are you deliver packages outside my window. I don't appreciate this, man. Delivering packages outside of your window. What is yeah. up? Wes is here. Uh, Glorence Kippy says, I'm a big fan of CM Punk. I think we all are. Uh, Hunter says, Punk coming back August 20th. So, Hunter calling, calling a shot right now. August 20th is the date he's calling. Um, <laughs> they zoom in on Kenny. Not Kenny's hairline, Kenny's forehead. I don't have a hairline. But anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Because that anyway. was supposed to be like a getting into your thoughts, right? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> No one got that. No one got that. The reason that you're going into my into my dome ski is supposed to be that it's a Kenny for your thoughts. So you're going into Kenny's thoughts. So it's supposed to be symbolism. Like this whole episode is in my fucking brain because obviously nobody like Brandon exists in this world for real because there's no way he would survive. You should have had it go into your ear, like zoom in, maybe I don't know, so they can hear me. I mean, if anything, it should have gone into my mouth. Yeah, maybe your mouth. Yeah, yeah. But then that would just be take on a whole different kind of. Anyway, all right, Brandon. <laughs> Why am I watching Nick Gage uh, material right here? There's like, I guess I got Twitter open still, and my feed's just going, and all I see is Nick Gage just cutting a motherfucker. <laughs> I'm Nick Gage, folks. You hear me? I just ordered two lots. Meat Lover Supreme Pizzas from Marco's Pizza. And I'm going to cut them up with my new pizza cutter. I got a Kroger's. GC fucking W. <laughs> pizza day all day, every day. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> DK. 
Oh man, Fernando says Kenny with the tropical merch. What? It's it's a bird. I I like to wear fancies. I've been wearing my fancies on air because you know what? You know what I realized, Brandon. Uh huh. So I realized like I'll be wearing something fancy and then I'll take it off to put on a t-shirt to get on air. And I'm mm. like, why don't I just keep on what the hell I have because it probably looks better to be dressed up than to you know yeah. wear a, a a sleeveless vest like Brandon's wearing. <laughs> Brandon, I don't know. I don't know if anyone liked your your Nick Gage impression. <laughs> I did not appreciate Nick Gage. They were, but I feel like you, it was better when we uh, before we went on air. You did the yeah. best Nick Gage impression, and like you come on air and you're like you have freaking uh, performance anxiety. You know what I mean? Brandon's a better masturbator than a better sexer. Yeah, yeah. Sexer? You I know, saw, what the hell? People, yeah. We run that it's back. Like, Who says yeah. that? Sounds like I've it's never, like, ever touched a woman in my life. <laughs> it's like anal every day, all the time, you know. Hollis, it points out Kenny's teeth because, <laughs> because I told everybody. Um, teeth clean. I told everybody that I was getting uh, my teeth cleaned before I came on air for you. So I'm writing it off as a business expense because it's for the podcast. Okay, that's why I'm getting you know, my teeth cleaned. All right. I might do they take I might need to see your dentist, man. I got a fucking that takes my cut rate insurance. Well, I mean, I'm self-employed, so I don't have insurance. I paid paid cash, bro. Ah, man. Straight cash. (laughs) And we're talking about... uh, looking nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. There you go. That's a kiss for you. (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) That's... So, Wes and a lot of people in the chat are are talking about... um, Hangman Adam Page in the Dark Order's entrance mm. last night, which I thought was pretty damn cool. I like those special entrances they did. Uh, I don't know if I like the Elite Squad one as much. Uh, that's one of those <laughs> where I like, and again, I'm I'm definitely a fan of WWE and a fan of AEW, but that's one of those where I feel like if they had done that in WWE, oh my god, everybody would have been shitting all over it. It would have been like, this is cheesy, this is horrible, what the hell, but then like, you know, AEW does it, right. and it's like, that's cool. Like, Did it on, work because they were cool like bad way. guys though? Better. I, I didn't like that they were. You know, well, I get what you're saying because, yeah. like, yeah, they the you know they're like taking the piss out of everything. Because I said even when they did the slam dunk thing, and Nick Jackson missed it completely, I said it might be better <laughs> that he missed it when he was a because he's a heel. Yeah. You know, if he was a baby face and missed it, like, oh, you look, you're dead in the water. Oh man, that was a jam-packed show, man. It had all those like multi-man tag matches. It was crazy. It came out of the gate. That, fired all one, one thing I have to say about AEW, I really love their pacing. It, it's frenetic, it's high energy, and it feels like there's never a, mo- a dull moment. And even hmm. when they have like, um, you know, like the Ricky Starks and Brian Cage stuff, like they didn't have a match, but they had like a nice little segment to kind of just keep it going. Um, so the booking in AEWs is a one in that sense. You know what I mean? There are weeks, don't get me wrong. I think Brandon and I point them out. There are weeks where we're kind of like, um, what's going on here? Like this feels rushed mm-hmm. or something's getting messed up. Um, but as a general statement, like last night was perfect. My opinion, you know what I mean? And you know, I'm a, I'm harsh with AEW sometimes. <laughs> Admittedly, uh, because, because like I WWE want them guy, you know, a little bit. Yeah, I am not a WWE guy. It's more uh-huh. so that like I know AEW cannot mess up at certain things when they're a fledgling company. Where WWE is like they'll make money in spite of themselves. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't want the heat on AEW for something just that's stupid that they could have tightened yeah. up the screws. You know, on. 
so that's the way I say it. It's like it's like the kid, like okay, like if 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 one of your kids is Brandon, and right, and it's like he's just gonna make money in spite of himself, like even though he fucks up all the time, and then one yeah. of your kids is like you know younger but more talented, you know, yeah. like you're gonna focus on that kid and want more for them, you know, and you're gonna criticize yeah, them because he, they can he, handle he, it, you know. He, Brandon yeah. can't handle it. Like, no. <laughs> now I will say it was cool. I mean, seeing all those like multi-tag matches, it was crazy. It was like, dang, they got a lot of people there. And it's like, I wonder how they're going to be able to balance it all. I guess they got the other show well, coming. They they did yeah. announce uh, the first dance uh, rampage in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> and that's where what people don't realize. They got another hour of, of, of television coming. So, I mean, yeah. you got room to showcase more talent. You know what I mean? Uh, in a on a mainstream in a mainstream way, not just AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. So I mean, I I foresee good things. I mean, there's so many good rumors with AEW that even if just a couple of them come true, it's like they would be off to the races. <laughs> Dude, I want so bad for like kind of swervous man. What's that? <laughs> like I said, I want I want kind of swervous. Like nothing happened. Let's see like the reaction. Brandon, uh, Brandon is definitely like when he sits on my couch, he has like the fate, the troll face of the IWC because he'll sit there and like they were announcing like Tony Khan has a big announcement and all I look over and Brandon's just like smiling like he's got this little smile, which is just like that whole like he's trying to troll for the sake of it. And then I ask him like, what, Brandon? He's just like, I, I would love if Tony Khan didn't announce shit. You know, it would be hilarious to be made. It's like. Why would you love that? Like, why would you love? Why do you love? I guess, I guess, would you? <laughs> I guess, would you have nothing, Brandon? You yeah. want other people to be as miserable as you? <laughs> Misery loves company, Brandon. <laughs> but yeah, no, so this is pretty crazy because you're talking possibly D. Brian and maybe CM Punk. They're making a lot of weird references, stuff that you were like saying. You're like, oh, Brandon, did you catch that? And I was like, what, what are you yeah, talking Brandon, about? Brandon, again, <laughs> goes back to, of course, Brandon's trolling because Brandon doesn't understand anything, man. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I, I appreciate that. That's a, that's a very nice comment. Let me read that, which is talking about handling the hate. Because of this podcast a year later, I became more neutral, not only about myself, but with wrestling overall. And for that, mm -hmm. I thank you, Kenny. You're welcome. I, I thank you for sharing that comment. Um, to know that I've had even remotely of a positive impact life means a lot and brandon uh noticed that you didn't have a positive impact because <laughs> you were, would make people just completely hate wrestling you know uh but yeah there's so much so you will get it <laughs> we'll get into it but uh there were so many references um last night on aew so we'll get into that but um yeah brandon why just let people have nice things okay <laughs> okay all right all because right. like like look if if we, we if we gave you a nice car you would just smash it up anyway I did it with my own, you know, a couple times. Did you change so. your car insurance yet? <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. <sighs> anyway. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to finesse it, man. Brandon's know? brain is like missionary. It's like the same th same position every night. Ah! <laughs> Can we talk about that line on SmackDown when Roman Reigns said, it's like 2005 John Cena. It's like a missionary position every single night. You know? And What's Roman missionary? That's that's my question. I, I mean, missionary's pretty good. I mean, I guess the way the way I'll say it is like if if you got no food, anything's good, right, Brandon? So, uh, <laughs> but 
But when you're the head of the table and you got choices, like, you want to eat I steak, wonder. baby girl. What is, I mean, what is the head of the table doing? That's huh? what I want to know. This is, what's the head of the table into? Whatever the hell he wants. Obviously not missionary position to say every night. But, you know, the thing is I shared it and I said, you know, what a, what a line. What an amazing line. And I posted a meme that was like, you know, Roman Reigns, no missionary position. Kenny Omega, 69 me done, if you don't remember that. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what's up with uh, world champions and then sex positions, but there is definitely a conspiracy <laughs> at foot here. Okay, that's all I want you to know. We're going to research it, and we'll come back to you next week. Now, <laughs> with the Roman Reigns thing, um, I was saying, you know, it was, it was great, and, you know, I see a lot of comments that were saying, oh, but, you know, obviously it was scripted, or, oh, that was a Paul Heyman line, not a Roman Reigns line. I said, hold on a second. This goes back to, like, why do people approach professional wrestling like this? Like, I didn't hear, like, you know, if... Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Paul Rudd or whoever, I mean, Sean Connery, I'm pulling out random names out of my ass here. <laughs> but if, like, they deliver lines, you know, here's a great line. Den, uh, Denzel Washington, King Kong ain't got shit on me, right? Uh-huh. In training day, right? Nobody says, well, Denzel had that written for him, so I don't think it was good. They say, wow, what a fucking performance. What a great performance. Mm. It was amazing. And they associate Denzel Washington, King Kong line on YouTube, right? But for some reason, professional wrestling fans can't have a good time. They literally were like, that was scripted. Somebody wrote that for him. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it was a great line. It was good. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, so Hunter uh, donates $5. So thank you so much. And I'm going to read yeah. this right here. He says, Kenny, if Punk doesn't return on August 20th, I'll donate $100. Now, here's the thing, Hunter. Brandon will see that bet. Wait, wait, hold and on. And if he on, does wait, appear, wait. he will donate a hundred dollars. Wow. So Brandon Can you believe this. Right. And it, uh, Wes says you, his first appearance at AEW have to be clear. Okay. Um and, and why Michael, is my money getting tied into this? And Michael says, great analogy on the lines. And th- I appreciate that. Thank you. And thanks for topping on. I know you were on Twitter asking if you know what what time we were on today. So appreciate you being on, man. What are you saying, Brandon? Yeah, I was it saying, doesn't well, matter what you were uh, saying. Ah, I've been wanting to do that for yeah, years. We'll get yeah, into The Rock later on. Don't worry. But what were you saying? No, I mean. It doesn't. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, all right. Twice. Yeah. Third time. You were talking. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking. About, you're talking about something else. What was I talking about? That's the up. I forgot what he was talking about. Oh, oh, blame yeah. me, blame me. I yeah. blame me for your brain misfiring. <laughs> Brandon, what would you do if right. like Roman every, Reigns? We're talking about yeah, Roman we're talking Reigns. about Roman Reigns. Okay, yeah, yeah. we're talking about Roman Reigns. It's a great line. It's the fact that like people again, about people scripting. can't yeah. get. They cannot have fun in their fandom, and I just don't understand it. I don't understand why wrestling's so criticized. And then, you know, I get accused of being like a WWE apologist or AEW apologist or this or that or, you know, wow, that's a stupid take. And it's like, no, it's just I just remember that the end goal with professional wrestling is to have fun. I mean, that should be your goal in life, too. So I think the problem is, again, my opinion is that people approach everything from a cynical level and they forget that the goal is to have fun with professional wrestling. You want to make things make sense as opposed to. People who live to shit on professional wrestling. They live to be critical. But it's just like, you see it in sports too. Like, there are the people who do the fantasy footballs and they want people to succeed. And they have their fandom correct. And then there's the people who are like, oh, he's a terrible quarterback. 
oh, he can't pass a ball. And it's just like, why the fuck are you watching? It's like, right. it's like you're sitting there, you know, not to make fun of people, but it's like, oh, he's he's got terrible, terrible stamina and, and stuff. And it's like, hold on a second. You're like 300 pounds eating Fritos on the, on the couch telling this guy that he's not that high of a caliber of athlete. And it's like, right, right. you're just living to bring people down. You know how much easier life is if you just try to bring people up? Brandon? Like, yeah, <laughs> I will. I will say we've kind of said this before, but uh, I mean, you gotta kind of appreciate. I think Rome's, uh, Roman Reigns is sort of uh, Rome's. Oh, you're, you're, yeah. just, you're, just, you're just boys with them now. You're just yeah, boys yeah, with them. You, you know, know Rome, you gotta appreciate yeah. Rome's, man. You gotta appreciate Rome's, man. You gotta appreciate Rome's. Like his development, you know. I mean, he's come, you know, a long ways, man. And I think yeah. you know you can see, like, all right, this dude's legit. You know, right. He, he could be the face of the company. If, He's improved his acting, everything. Exactly. You know, his demeanor, his delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What are you What are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, I'm like I'm like sitting there waiting for Brandon to, Brandon to finish his point. We just completely stopped. Yeah. No. That, yeah. No. That was my point. Is that he he's improved. I mean, there's always going to be people that say something silly like, "Oh, it's you know, it's scripted and not appreciated." But I think you know, even yeah. if it was scripted, like it doesn't matter. Like it's good. It's good delivery. Yeah. Right. Good character. Hunter says his name is Joe. Actually, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And, and to add to your point, you know, I had people saying like, "Oh, but you know, Roman Reigns has just always been like a John Cena, Hulk Hogan kind of carbon copy, this and that, and he's not doing good." And I'm like, "Hold on." To me, if, if you don't think Roman Reigns is doing good right now, check your fandom. Mm. Because you're at a point where he just can't do good in your eyes. Right. There is no doing good. And I compared him, you know, I said basically, you know, I can see that <laughs> like how when people were saying like, oh, he's the next rock. I can kind of see that glimmer now of like, mm. oh, like here it's coming out, you know. But again, people will get into this, but people pick at your words so much because they think that means I'm saying, oh, he's the next rock as much as I'm saying, like, I can see the progression, you know, like I'm comparing him to like the rock in 97 when he was starting to like kind of get some good promos going. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I can see it. I can I can kind of see it, you know, but people always say, well, he's not the rock. He's not in movies. He's not this. And it's like, well, you see, now you're just being overly critical and you're overanalyzing it. That's not what I'm saying. But let's get into that because that'll uh, tie me into something that happened on Raw. All right. So it, let's just recap. Um, last week, read this. Brandon looking at the screen, looking into my soul. And I apologize. <laughs> I, I actually am a little under the weather if you hear me like sniffling a little bit. So I apologize. Uh, that didn't stop Brandon from coming over and trying to cuddle with me last night. But that's a whole different story for a different day. Spreaded the disease. Right. <laughs> And don't worry, I don't have the dreaded C word, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, no, but Brandon also doesn't have a, another C word, which is charisma. Now, going back. <laughs> right, Reigns right. is literally the best thing going in all of wrestling today. I agree. That's what I'm saying. He's just got that. He's got that star quality. He's got that thing that says, like, he's the next level of, cali- of, of superstar, which a lot of guys don't have right now. It's not a shot, but it's like you just see it. Like, he's the it guy. Um, now, anyway, let's go into this. Um, recapping, Karrion Cross lost to Jeff Hardy last week, right? You know, the whole gist of it was I had an opinion on it, uh, and it was I didn't mind it as much as other people the wrong did. opinion. He didn't get buried the way people say. Um, now, uh, next week, came out on Sunday, the day before Raw, that Jeff Hardy is COVID. 
the dreaded C word right there, right? So Jeff Hardy's out, <laughs> out of Monday Night Raw. So now Karrion Cross is in the unenviable unen- position of being without, you know, his storyline on Raw now. And that mm. is, uh, that's horrible to be in that position, right? So again, my view is from D- WWE's perspective of like, oh, let's give them a little bit of like a freebie. And let's put Keith Lee in there because like, you know, if you're an NXT per- uh, fan, you know, Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross on paper. Your like, boys oh, yeah. But I'll be damned if it like wasn't critiqued and picked apart more than the Jeff Hardy stuff from the following or from the previous week. <laughs> Because everyone's like, well, I, and, and the funny part, I knew it. Yeah. Like, as soon as it happened, I tweeted out, oh, no, Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. Here come the it doesn't matter who wins. Someone's getting buried tweets. And sure enough, everybody said that. They were like, Keith yeah. Lee, he got choked out by Karrion Cross. That's that's unbelievable because he lost last week. He lost this week. He's buried. He's lost twice in a row since coming back. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on a second. Keith Lee lost to the WWE champion, the dominate Bobby Lashley, who has literally been like taking everybody out, right? There's no way in in any stretch of the imagination right now that Keith Lee should be taking out Bobby Lashley. He's the WWE champion. Need I remind you guys of that? (laughs) WWE champion shouldn't lose to Keith Lee, okay? And then the next week, again, we're making chicken salad out of chicken shit, and you have... A freebie of like just Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross yeah. gets the W, and now instead of people picking on Karrion Cross's booking, they're picking on Keith Lee's booking. But it's like Karrion Cross, NXT champ. He's NXT the guy. Exactly yeah, what I was gonna what's, say. What's Your point last week was the NXT champion should never lose, right? Because he lost to Jeff Hardy. He shouldn't have lost. Now this week, your point is, why did Keith Lee lose? Because Kerry Cross is the NXT champion. You can't flip-flop on, on that view. If Karen Cross is supposed to be the NXT champion, you should be happy that he beat Keith Lee. Keith Lee was out six months. Remember in Kayfabe, Keith Lee was out six months. He comes back, he could, he could be a little rusty. You can get away with that. Karen Cross losing to Keith Lee after Keith Lee's been off, off of TV for six months and lost to the WWE champion, that would hurt him a lot more. Unless Keith Lee maybe rolled him up or there was something there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could do something. But anyway, I tweet this out, and oh my god, I blew up the internet. Okay, it's like yeah, and look, and people said uh, uh, Michael world. says, did people not realize one of these guys had to lose and one had to win? Exactly. But I think it is that they realize it. But I think it's that they put so much emphasis on it, mm. and, and that's my thing. Is like I think people put too much emphasis on wins and losses, and I. Let's go into this. So here's my tweet, right? <laughs> now, you're going to have to let me explain this one because I feel like a lot of people read into this too much. And Brandon, you know what? I'll ask you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll read it, and then you give me your thoughts just based off the words there before I explain myself, okay? Okay. So here's the tweet. I said, remember when The Rock fought Stone Cold for the IC title? Both up-and-comers who were gaining traction. No one said, oh my god, both these guys need a win. Why have them face each other? That is how you all sound about Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. And I posted a picture of Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, and Austin uh, versus The Rock from about 97. Brandon, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, that's high praise, I think, for uh, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, you know, comparing them to those two. Um, 
I, I guess they're sort of in that role. Like they seem like these are going to be the next guys are going to be moving up in that spot. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with, with what you said there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe had that social media stuff been around heavy, <laughs> like at that time, maybe people would have been having the same complaints. But yeah, it ended up working out. You know, it worked out for The Rock and Stone Cold. Right. They both, you know, yeah, took the company to new heights. Right. Um, so I don't see any necessarily any problem here, or this being a huge setback for Lee or, or anything like that. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but a guy who has a considerable amount of followers, pretty popular in the, you know, wrestling world here. Um, he kind of messaged me to kind of say, you know, hey, I know you're getting heat for this, but like, you know, don't worry about it kind of thing. Hmm. And I asked him, I flat out asked him, I said, hey, you don't got to agree with me, but because I respect you, I was like, you know, did I make it sound like too much of a direct comparison? I'm listening to you, Brandon, and you're like the first thing you said. Oh, that's high praise, high praise, yeah. like rock, rock in Austin, and and you're reading into it too much. Mm. This is what he said. This is his words. Okay, so I thought it was the best explanation because he got exactly what I was trying to say. He said, "I didn't take it that way at all. You were saying nobody complained when the Rock and Austin fought on Raw when they were up and comers. We should just enjoy that we are watching these two new up and comers fight on Raw. Who knows? They could be main eventers for WWE one day, and we'll look back on it like The Rock versus Austin for the IC title. And it's like that's what I'm saying. It's like I wasn't trying to say this, oh, Karen Cross is The Rock and 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 Keith Lee is Stone Cold or anything right, right, like right. that. And I wasn't trying to make direct comparisons. What I was saying is just like remember back in the day when we had fun with it, and I was like, would people have picked? At it as much as if I said Triple H versus Mankind in 97 or Trish versus Lita in 2000. You know what I mean? Like, all I'm saying, all I was saying was like, don't overbook this in your head. Like, just have fun with it and just, you know, be feel grateful that we're getting to see Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee, who hmm. I, I see big things for. Because to me, Keith Lee, he, well, Keith Lee can go one or two ways. Either this is kind of his farewell tour and something's going on that we don't know about. Or where I think it's going, I mean, I don't think you come back after six months and get booked into a WWE title match for no reason. To me, again, it's like, it's not about the wins and losses. It's about, you got to pay attention to what this storyline arc is. Keith Lee came back and he got inserted into the WWE championship picture. That's a big deal to me. Because he could have just come out and like faced Ricochet. I mean, that's very that. ricochet hey, a little bit, but you get what I'm saying. It's like they put they put him in a, a big role there. You know what I mean? And then to fill the, the void of Jeff Hardy to me is a bigger role, too, because people were asking me, well, how come they didn't put Umberto Carrillo to get squashed by Karrion Cross?" And I said, what does that do for Karrion Cross to just come out and just squash somebody? It, it means more that he beat Keith Lee because, again, you got to look at how WWE is looking at it. That means Keith Lee is in a prominent position. Because he can take a loss from Karrion Cross, and it seems like a big deal. You see what I'm saying? So it's Quality like again, I, right? And it's like I, I think I think people pay, are paying attention too much to the wins and losses, and not paying attention to the fact that like this is an ongoing uh, storyline. This is an ongoing soap opera, and it's like pay attention episode by episode. They're getting somewhere. Obviously, Jeff Hardy getting COVID was not in the plans. This is kind of just like a little side road we're on. But there's a story that they're trying to tell here with Jeff Hardy and Karrion Cross, And it's like people, to me, the best way to say it is like, imagine people picking apart the Matrix 
because none of it makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't understand. How come they can dodge bullets? How can you do this? Why is he doing this? They're picking it apart, not knowing that there is a point at the end. Oh, he's the one. He's this, you know? Why, again, going back to that Roman Reigns criticism earlier, why is a it... Missionary. A missionary. Anyway. Yeah. But why is it that people criticize and damn everything before it happens? Could you imagine saying the sex is bad during foreplay, Brandon? No. <laughs> why, why, would I, why would I do that? But again, it's just like going back to the tweet. It's just like, again, the perfect example of the IWC reading into things because I'm not saying the Rock and Stone Cold people are like, well, they were on a different, even freaking John Alba came in. He's like, he's like, you can't compare those two. And I'm like, you're missing the point. I'm literally just trying to make a point of like, have fun with it. And everybody's so critical and so cynical. And they get on there and they can't have fun with professional wrestling. They have to, they'd rather find something wrong than with wrestling and be right than for them to be wrong and have fun. It's like that mentality. Yeah. It's like a mentality to me of like counting your pennies and not making dollars. Like don't, don't cut your nose to spite your face guys. What you were saying. Yeah. I was just saying, enjoy uh, cross versus Keith Lee while you can. (laughs) Because uh... I think it will. But you see, with what people don't understand is like when they're so critical of this stuff, if it gets back to WWE, WWE's like, oh, well, it's not working. They, you know, they're critical of it, so we won't have Karrion Cross fight Keith Lee again. Mm. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, if there was a good reaction, you know, maybe Keith Lee be booked a little. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit too negative. <laughs> but it's like, it's credit. But I, I also pointed something out, you know. To my friend who was saying like, you're all right, man, because you're getting beat up over that opinion. And I said, I am all right. And I'll tell you why. In the last week, giving these quote unquote controversial opinions, I think I've gotten more than 100 followers off of that. Uh, The fact of this, and I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to show perspective here. I I promise I'll relate it. I got maybe 130 uh, comments that were like, you know, wow, this is stupid. You're an idiot. You're this 130, right? But for like, and I'm making up numbers, but it's like for 130 comments, I got 700 likes. And then I got 50 retweets with no comment. If you look at the numbers, maybe one sixth, one fifth, somewhere there of the people were being critical, right? What does that mean? The majority of people that saw that tweet liked it. But it's the people who don't like it who feel the need to express their opinion. This is how WWE has to approach the business too. The same way I'm viewing this tweet. Which is, if you pay attention, the majority of people liked it. The majority of people got it. But it's the vocal minority who's making noise. The vocal minority is the one trying to put me through the mud. And the vocal minority, one-fifth of the people, think that their opinion matters more than the other four-fifths. And then have the nerve to say, well, I'm correct. But if four out of five people are agreeing with me and one out of five is saying, you're an idiot, what, what am I? And when I told that to again, my, my friend who's got, you know, good following in the wrestling business, yeah. he's, uh, he was like, that's a great mentality and a great way to say it because I know lesser people that would have gotten, like, really let that eat them up. Because it is hard, like, uh, you imagine, like, it makes me, it may, okay, it always makes me feel sympathy for actual celebrities or actual wrestlers. 
Because I'm a nobody. And I get, I'm getting that kind of hate, right? As opposed yeah. to someone like, you know, uh, who is in the wrestling business and they post something, someone disagrees with them and it's just like their whole timeline of like people saying, you're, you're an idiot, you're this, you're that, you're that. It takes a strong person. So it, those little things always make me appreciate actual talent. And when I say talent, I mean wrestling talent. That's right. So this is how, this is how you deal with it. You look at the numbers and you're saying, oh, wait, this is, this is working. You feel a little bit about, about the abuse. It's not even that. It's like, I'm never going to be ashamed to express my opinion. And, and then a lot of people were like, you know, privately, they're kind of like, well, you know, I thought you were being positive. You know, you're trying to say that you're positive. I say, yeah, but I'm not fake. That's my actual opinion. I'm not going to babyface everybody and say like, say what everybody else is saying because I don't think right. the way everybody else is thinking. Again, I want to make wrestling fun. I, the end goal for me is to make Karen Cross versus Keith Lee make sense. That's how I approach professional wrestling. Why am I going to just bury it? Because if I just hate it, then I shouldn't, like, I don't know, if I'm not bettering this world, if I'm not bettering my wrestling world or my wrestling fandom, why am I watching? You know what I mean? Yeah. For the love, for the love of, the, like, of the sport. Like, if I'm broke, yeah. if I'm broke, my mentality is, how do I make more money? Not to complain about how unfair it is that I'm broke. Does that make sense? And that's not a shot. I know there are people going through some problems. You know what I mean? I don't want anyone to take that on a personal level, but it's just like, that's where my mentality goes. It's like, you know, how can we turn this into a positive? And I'll be dead. I mean, for anybody to criticize me and say that's not the correct thing to do, I... I would say that's the correct thing to do. If I'm going to waste, quote unquote, three hours of my life every week watching Monday Night Raw, I better damn sure make it fun. I mean, there, you know well, that I'm human there. and there are some episodes where I'm like, fuck this. But this was not the Raw. This was not the Raw. This was a decent Raw. I like Ritter's comments, by the way. Matt Ritter, who I'm not ignoring. I just was making a point. Uh, Matt Ritter says, um... <laughs> Kenny's doing a Kyle cosplay today. Yes, apron bump Kyle. Uh, he wears button-ups. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I thought of him, too, which was uh, when I did this. I was telling Ritter, I was telling, I was telling Brandon, which is like, I'm always wearing these nice clothes, and then I take them off to put on a T-shirt to come on the pod. I'm like, why don't I just wear the nice clothes? <laughs> Save me some laundry, too, you know? But anyway. Right. Shout out to Kyle, you know? This is, this is Kenny's tribute to Kyle. Yeah, this is my tribute to Cal. No, if it was my tribute to Cal, it'd be like, never mind. Jackassery. Um, yeah. Awesome All right. Man. I'm listening, but also rewatching the awesome Hangman entrance from last night's AEW. Man, a lot of people like that entrance, man. Yeah, it was, so maybe I'm wrong. I told Brandon, I was like, maybe they, I, should, I want to put that as the main event, but, uh, you know, maybe it was good that they opened up the show with that because it's got a lot of people talking. They probably kept the rating, yeah. you know what I mean? Because a lot of people stayed and watched the rest of the show after that, knowing that they were going to see Nick fucking Gage. That's right. It's a real main eventer, baby. Can we talk about that? <laughs> First of all, let's talk about, let's let's back up just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about the fact that the former Zack Ryder, if you don't know who this is, uh, Matt Cardona, uh, did win the GCW world title from Nick Gage this past Ooh, weekend, yeah. which nobody saw coming. They thought this was a one and done, but um, holy shit, he beat Nick Gage in a very, yeah. very violent match, um, yeah. won this title, and... I, I don't know, man. This is like, I sense like these like Mick Foley ECW vibes for Matt Cardona. And that is a huge compliment because I love oh, yeah. that, you know, 
that character. And even uh, in his post-match promo saying, you know, this was for the GCW universe and blah, blah, blah. Just taking the piss out of like, you know, I'm the WWE guy basically coming here. Um, I loved it. And Matt Cardona is doing some of the best work of um, of his career. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad he's getting a chance to shine, man. He always had more than than um, WWE was giving him. And to me, he should have left on his own accord years ago. That's my opinion, but hey, timing's everything. Maybe it happened for a reason. People yeah, that's it. crazy. I, yeah, I thought he was going to be doing a lot of uh, a lot more AEW stuff. I don't know kind of what happened with that, but that's that's still cool that he you know, ended up over at GCW with the titles. Like, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, the idea to match those like mad laugh fans like throwing pelt at them. Oh, man, the pelting. Uh, it's like one of those things where it's, it's like, like on a human damn. level, you're like, that sucks because yeah. it's like that had to hurt. On a, like, if you're a professional wrestler, and I, I, I don't want to speak for Matt Cardona, but it's like one of those things where I'm sure in the moment he's just eating it up. Yeah, he, he was just, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. as as much as this sucks, he's like, this caused this kind of reaction, and I'm making a difference in the wrestling world. And like, holy crap, so this is he like got us so cut all up, rolling yeah. around in glass. And he got uh, you know, something stupid. You know, and like I, I'm not trying to hate on Chelsea Green, but yeah. it was just something so stupid. But uh, she posted pictures of like the hotel room, I guess afterwards and she was like treating his wounds and stuff like that and um that already was like weird because it's just like why are you like messing up like the hotel bed sheets with all like the blood and stuff and it was that's but awesome. it was like but it was like that's fine right yeah. and then somebody commented of like i hope you didn't leave the hotel to clean that up and i was like <laughs> no like you just throw away those sheets and pay the fucking fine if they find you that's yeah, my right. thought process right and she commented no i cleaned it up myself don't comment on stuff you don't know and stuff and i'm like you cleaned it up. You cleaned up all that blood. Yeah, like so you left you left the pathogens and shit on <laughs> you cleaned it up and you left it for somebody else, right? Like yeah. come on. Like don't 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 try to work people either. <laughs> it's like you could you could pour all the hydrogen peroxide, like just FYI, if you ever get blood in your clothes, hydrogen peroxide <laughs> is what takes it out. Okay. But if you, you could pour all the hydrogen peroxide that you want on that, there there's no coming back from those sheets. Those sheets are messed up. They're done. So it was just kind of like one of those things where it's just like, like she was just tried like a little bit too hard there. And it was just like, don't even listen to the stupid fans. You know what I mean? Because like you threw away the sheets, you paid the fine, you called it a day. Who gives a shit? Don't let the, don't let people rally up like that. Uh, Oh my God, the blood from that. It was a horror movie. My goodness. Yes. (laughs) I did not. Okay. So I didn't watch the match. I saw, you know, I saw it after the fact. So I had seen some pictures, you know, right away. And, you know, I saw the orange shirt that um, Matt Cardona's wearing. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, like he, I'm like, that's weird that you would wear an orange shirt to the match. I'm like, wouldn't you wear a white shirt so that the blood would get on it and blah, blah, blah. Come to find out, <laughs> like, it was a white shirt. And that yeah. was his blood that had stained it. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's how much blood was in that match. Yeah, he's looking nasty, bro. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> but let's get into this. because Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry, Brandon. Yeah, no, I was going to say, in, in a similar fashion to, you know, the match they had at Dynamite. Uh, right, Chris Jericho yeah. versus um, versus Nick Gage, the Nick second Gage, labor yeah. of Jericho. And, um, and it, it was like, okay, so as soon as that match happened, I'm like, Nick Gage lost the title. I'm like, is, is AEW going to sign him? Like, is that, is, that, is that the route we're going down? Like, can you imagine, Brandon, can you imagine Nick Gage... <laughs> In AEW, <laughs> love it. 
Yes. If if Nick Gage shows up in AEW, man, like it's signed by All Elite Wrestling. Like yeah. I think I think that would be absolutely insane. Wait, I I'm being told that right now I'm showing a picture of Shawn Michaels, not Nick Gage. So I apologize. Hold on, let's just try to fix. Okay, I think that's him. Okay, we fixed it's not it. Far off. It's not okay. Far off. All right. So Nick Gage yeah. going to AEW would be. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm getting controversial opinions, so let, let's let's kind of just you know, focus yeah. on the match, and then we'll give our opinions here. All right. Yeah. But let's talk. So Nick Gage and Chris Jericho, um, hell of a main event. I got to give them credit. Chris Jericho doing all that stuff at his age when he doesn't need to. He's Chris fucking Jericho. He could come out there and give you the greatest hits, and you would absolutely love it. But Chris Jericho goes out there and gets cut by a freaking pizza cutter. <laughs> It's like that. It's like the first thing he did was get his bicep cut, yeah. like crazy, crazy for Chris Jericho to be doing that. And you know, I like that the pain maker came out. I had to kind of, I kind of had to. <laughs> Michael says that's still HBK. About the second <laughs> exactly. picture I posted. That's what I'm saying. Um, no, that's Sean F and Michaels. Okay. Uh, people in Audio Land are confused. Okay. Yeah. I guess I gotta drop the joke, which is yeah, I showed a picture to, yeah. of bald Shawn Michaels when I and a, and a graphic that said Nick Gage was signed with All Elite Wrestling. Okay, yeah. check Kenny's tweeters. He's gonna yeah, check he's my gonna tweeters. Post it all up there. Yeah, I'll post it there. Um, but um, great main event. Um, for what yeah, it was, Jericho I liked putting it. himself through all yeah. the stuff. Right. Which yeah, let's talk about yeah. something that you can see it on my social media if you want to see. Um, the whole Nick Gage cuts Chris Jericho on the forehead and then they go to commercial and the first commercial was Domino's Pizza and it's like Chris <laughs> cutting a pizza up into slices and it was just like I don't know if they timed that on purpose but that did. was amazing either way that's one of those where it's like even if it was scripted like that or if it was organic either way it was it was awesome because that's how uh, I, I just loved it but kind of want to get into the subject about death matches Brandon what is your opinion on death matches? Now, I, like when I started watching wrestling, I got into it late, like late late nineties and stuff. Right. So I was always used to sort of the crash TV craziness, people cutting themselves and setting themselves on fire, and I always thought that was that was like cool, you know, as a young kid, or that you know, it was crazy. I didn't like come up watching it as like it was you know this prestigious sort of real sport, you know, right? You know, doing all the stuff. So that aspect of it never bothered me and i actually liked watching that stuff in like backyard wrestling and watching people like kids in the garage hitting each other with fluorescent light bulbs i always thought that stuff was cool um so i i kind of i like the idea of having those matches right um i understand like maybe not want to do it all the time and it's it's sort of crazy to me to see guys like nick cage and stuff that like it's just that's like what they do <laughs> it's cut yeah, themselves open like you see thing. all the scars yeah and like MDK all day, it's you just know? like yeah it's like gosh it's like day that that's crazy but it's like like the man had two death matches in the span yeah. of like a couple days yeah like that's i can't ridiculous. imagine yeah just thinking about like what they do to like what they put their bodies through but hey man they're into it they they seem to love it they get through it but um, I mean, I, I I could never do that, you know. But yeah. I like watching it. That's what I'll say. I'd rather uh, watch what else. You know, and of course, you know, I'm more of a traditionalist, and my opinion is like I just don't really like death matches. You know, um, I I I just think it's kind of like I don't want to say garbage wrestling. You know what I mean? But it's like if, if there is like a cheap heat match, you know, a cheap <laughs> kind of pop, I should say match. Yeah. It's like it is the death match, 
And it's like, I get it. It's like, you know, I love, I, I watched the FMW stuff and I did that, you know, in the nineties, but like, I don't know, like I've never really been a fan of Nick Gage. I, I've mm. just never liked that whole, like, I don't know. Like when your whole character is like, I have to be a legitimate tough guy and like try to prove yourself. And like, even like the MDK stuff is like, it's cringy to me. And so like the way I said it to Brandon yeah. was like, um, I was talking about McFoley, you know, and I was like, you know, you strip away all of that hardcore stuff from McFoley. You have a very endearing individual who's got charisma and could make anything work. You strip that away from Nick Gage, and I feel like he's not got a character. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. So it's like, I just may get heat for it, but I am not a Nick Gage fan. I just do not like, I just don't like it at all. And, and it's okay that other people do. Now, with that being said, I, I respected the hell out of the match. I respected Chris Jericho for going through it. Um, again, not my cup of tea. Something to do you do every once in a while, but it's like, yeah. What if is it just is it a little too like violent almost like what story? It's of... like I feel like it's not. I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. Um, it's kind of there, like, is there like sort of a dance or an art form to sort of wrestling that it lacks or something because of right because of the nature of the match or something. I don't know. Like it's like the cheap way out because it's like I feel like anybody can kind of go in there and get that reaction. Does that make sense? Mm. Because you're kind of like being hardcore. Like if I like, I could come out and just like start doing this kind of wrestling, and like make it work. There's a reason why Matt Cardona looks so good doing it because it was like mm. out of his element. Like the guys who do it, um, the guys who do it well seem to be the guys who don't go into that rum often. Does that make sense? Like Chris okay. Jericho doing it, it's special. Matt Cardona doing it, it's special. But yeah, I don't know. I just like I don't know how else to say it that I don't fucking like it. And people are talking about mm. Terry Funk, but like Terry Funk's a different level because again, Terry Funk went to places, didn't do that hardcore stuff and still was Terry Funk. Does that make sense? That's what I'm saying. Like Nick Gage wouldn't have a place in the wrestling business if not for the hardcore style. Here's a perfect example to show you that I'm not fucking biased. New Jack, who had that like deathmatch hardcore style, one of my favorite wrestlers. Why? Because New Jack cut some of the best promos in professional wrestling. New, Na New Jack didn't just come up and say, MDK all day. Like, he cut a fucking <laughs> promo. Like, he cut some promos about, like, you know, I'm, I'm a, what is it? I have a college degree and a criminal record, so I know what the hell I'm doing. It's like, you could take away the hardcore stuff from New Jack, and you still have, like, such good parts of his career. You take away death matches from Nick Gage, what the fuck's he have? Robbing a bank? <laughs> But he, that's legit, though. It's still legit. But it's just, it's just not my thing. And again, different, different strokes for different right, folks. Right, it's right. not my thing. Maybe, yeah. Moxley. Hold on. Hollis says Moxley. I respect John Moxley. But that's, to, again, because he is a creative mind. He is talented. That's what I'm saying. He's able to have Does that he within feel his like a wheelhouse. McFoley to you sort of thing? He's closer to a McFoley. But remember, I was still critical when him and Kenny Omega did like a 40-minute hardcore match. Because I was like, that was too much. Like, like, actually, believe it or not, Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho was a perfect amount of time right. for that kind of match. Like, you don't need 40 minutes of a death match. You just need, like, 10 minutes of a car crash. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that I'll give to them. That's what I'm saying. That's to show you, I'm not, like, just critical for the sake of critical. I'm not just biased. You know what I mean? I can find the good in it. 
I found the good in, in, in this match, but it's like, should Nick Gage sign with, with AEW? No, I don't think so. I don't think you sign a Nick Gage, yeah. you know? And, would, and people are telling me this, he would this is not do Nick something Gage, like that. Still. Yeah. What? You're right. Do you think the Gage though would like even sign with somebody like an AEW? Like he, I feel like he's. I mean, he was on the main event. He did. He did a match yeah. with them. So I mean, why not? Yeah. Like I feel like he'd do stuff like that. You know. But yeah. as far as like be yeah like all elite guy, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it would actually. I mean, if I'm Nick Gage, you know, I think it would hurt his credibility to sign with. AEW almost. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I kind of get where you're coming from, which is like, I should he be in a major promotion? Probably not. But it's like, you know, it depends where he wants to go. It's like, if he wants to kind of come out of that mold and start developing a little bit into something else, maybe. But yeah, it's good that we have a promotion, I guess, like AEW now that would bring somebody like that in and they could do the match you yeah. know, in that similar style. Yeah, you can have it. There's action, which is I, don't know if, I mean, maybe they would, but I don't know if they would do something like that in WWE now. But and Michael says, uh, "New Jack will, or sorry, New Jack was great in Smoky Mountain before going into hardcore wrestling, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like I, I feel like you strip away, you know, you got to be able to strip away these hardcore elements to wrestlers, and they still have some sort of merit. And I don't see that. I don't see that Nick Gage. It can be as people can hate me all they want for it, but like I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like." I don't like a lot of stuff that happens in, in, I don't like a lot of stuff that happens in GCW. I'm going to get heat for mm. that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Not that type of fit. Right? I will say this is cool what they're doing with Jericho, having these different styles of wrestling matches. Can we talk know? about Juventud Guerrero yeah, coming next week? The a, juice? Yeah, so you get, you get something more your cup of tea, right? That is, well, I was always a big Hoovy fan. Okay, so there's a. It's, I'm not even kidding when I say that. Like, I actually really like Hoovitu Guerrero. Uh, I always thought he was a. Um, he could have been a bigger star in WCW than they made him out to be. The fact that like they gave him a ripoff character of The Rock, and he nailed it. Like, how many guys could do that when he was like, "Finally, that juice has come back." You know, like he was doing all that stuff. I loved it. It was cheesy. But it was like Juventud Guerrero could back it up in the ring. I loved when Juvi came to uh, WWE with the Mexicools. But then, like, I guess his attitude backstage, I don't know, they released him pretty quick, you know. But I thought the Mexicools was going to be a good group. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Juventud Guerrero. So to see him on TNT, especially, again, I, I, I think AEW should get credit for this. The fact that, like, MJF was like, you think I forgot? And showed a clip from November 2019. Yeah where Chris Jericho talked about facing Juventud Guerrero. It's just like, I like those little things of like, they called back that much, just a little stupid detail to make it all make sense. Uh, I, I love it. I, I think AEW's doing a good job. I got no criticisms here. And that's, a, you know, I, I, I will criticize AEW when I need to. But yeah, I can't wait that's to see is. the juice. <laughs> Get the juice in. Brandon has no comment yeah. because he doesn't know who the fuck Hoover Dude yeah, Guerrero is. Look, I'll remember, I probably remember the Mexicals, but it was like, it was a little, a little brain But fog. the Mexicals was like a short run too. Yeah. Like that wasn't yeah, even was his great. big thing. He was like one of the main cruiserweights there with like, you know, him and like an, like an Eddie Guerrero, like in, in that 95, 96 time. But, but speaking of freaking Eddie Guerrero. Uh-oh. <sighs> he just got heat. Somebody. No, there was a guy who got, I guess he got the attention he wanted, uh, but he posted he posted that Eddie Guerrero is a B-plus player. The only reason people hold him in high regard, and I don't have the tweet readily available, I apologize for that, but mm -hmm. Eddie Guerrero is only held 
in such high regard because he died. Mm. Ooh. And there are hot takes, like what I said about yeah. like the Carrying Cross and the, the Rock and Austin stuff. But then there's takes like this that are just nuclear. Because they're just like, you're on your own planet, dude. If you even remotely think, I posted this status, if you even remotely think that Eddie Guerrero was popular because he died, just block me now. Because you have no knowledge of professional wrestling whatsoever. Eddie Guerrero died in his prime, Brandon. Eddie Guerrero was a star. You know, it'd be like, I'm almost trying to think, and I, God, I don't want to, almost don't want to say this, mm. but it's like, you, could you imagine, like, who's big in professional wrestling right now? Oh. Don't give me, like, a Roman or something, but give me, like, like you a know, Kenny Omega type or something, yeah, maybe? imagine Kenny Omega yeah. died next week. A great example, actually. Imagine, like, an AJ Styles died. Right. That's the equivalent of losing Eddie in 2005. You know, and I hate saying what I just said, but it's like, I want you to feel that emotion. That's exactly what it was. Eddie Guerrero was set to win the world heavyweight title on the night he died. How many wrestlers could say that? You know what I mean? Like, in wrestling folklore, on the night he died, Eddie Guerrero was supposed to win the world title. Eddie Guerrero was a guy that, like, for no, you, you, for no reason, right? Like, he's five foot eight, 200-something pounds. Like, he shouldn't be, like, the guy. But, like, you couldn't deny it. You could see this guy in movies, you know? You know, people backstage were saying he could be, like, the next Cheech, Cheech Marin, you know? The, hey, what's up, Holmes? You know, doing all that shtick. And <laughs> Ritter says, uh, how do you feel about Kenny trying to steal your look? Um, and people <laughs> said, maybe he was talking about Chavo. Guys, come on. I leave Chavo alone. <laughs> I per- actually, funny enough, I actually yeah. do not like Chavo Guerrero at all. Wow. Well, that's a different story for a different day. Is that uh, because he's that Spanish enough for you? Wow, Brandon. Well, I don't no, know. no. I, why would you say something like that? Your favorite part is pronunciation. I, all I say, well, he said <laughs> something. He said Andrade or something like that. I was just like, why do you say it like that? But no, I wasn't picking hey, apart his pronunciation or making it seem like he wasn't Spanish. I'll do that, man. I mean, maybe <laughs> when he was Kerwin White, he was picking it yeah. apart. You know, but um, what I was saying, though, back to Eddie Guerrero, it's like Eddie Guerrero is up there. You know, I have three, my three favorite wrestlers of all time. Okay. Chavo is a B plus player. That I agree with. <laughs> B minus, actually. But <laughs> Damn. my top three, Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, AJ Styles. And there's a reason. And like selfishly, I always be mad that Eddie didn't live another year. To see, because WrestleMania 22 is supposed to be Shawn Michaels versus Eddie Guerrero. Could you imagine Shawn Michaels versus Eddie Guerrero? The fact that I'm still hurt about that match tells you how good Eddie Guerrero was. He was up there with the Shawn Michaels. The fact that they wanted to book that match, kind of like how they booked Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels, you know, uh, in 2005 at WrestleMania uh, 21, that's to tell you the caliber of athlete. He's up there with the Shawn Michaels, the Kurt Angles, you know. And so for somebody to say Eddie's a B-plus player, um, it was crazy because Mick Foley got a hold of it. Other wrestlers got a hold of it. Yeah. And people were commenting, "Hold, wow, how did this get back to the wrestlers? Like, how does Eddie Guerrero trending on a Sunday, a random Sunday in 2021? And I said, 
that's the caliber of wrestler that Eddie Guerrero was that people would actually like people have hot takes, but for people, for wrestlers to get that offended is to tell you how good Eddie was hmm. because nobody would get that offended. If Eddie Guerrero wasn't that good, Eddie Guerrero right now, if you were still wrestling would be like a Chris Jer- would be like the Chris Jericho to AEW. He would be like that upper echelon can't do wrong kind of guy. And you'd be helping, the, like, like the biggest loss to the wrestling business was Eddie Guerrero in 2005 because you can imagine him teaching a crop of wrestlers. Could you imagine him as an NXT trainer or still actively working? Like, he, like, forget just his career. It's like, that affects a, in a lot of people's careers. Sucks, man. It sucks. And I mean, yeah. you know, for me, imagine he's my favorite wrestler at the time. You know what I mean? It, on a personal level, it's like, man, to wake up at the age of 16 and, like, on a Sunday morning and, like, just read that Eddie Guerrero had passed away. Like, that's why I got, like, that that moment, like, I mean, I used to dye my hair, tip my hair blonde like him. I try to be oh, Eddie wow. Guerrero because I'm, yeah. like, the you know, same height as him and stuff. Like, and then your your idol dies at a very impressionable age, you know? So for some jackass, you know, now I'm 32, for some jackass to come in and say, oh, Eddie, he was a B-plus player. He's only popular because he died. Fuck off, dude. Fuck everything about you. And I don't talk like that, but it's just like, come but, on now. Unless but it's it, it did. It generated up some buzz. I'm, in, in, a, in a roundabout way, I'm glad he said it because it, it got the whole internet wrestling community. It was like nobody was a WWE fan. Nobody was an AEW fan. Nobody mm-hmm. was anything. It was like everybody was an Eddie Guerrero fan. And everybody came in to defend the honor of Eddie Guerrero uh, to defend a person who's no longer with us. You know, I can't defend themselves. So um, amazing. Like, yeah, and it's one of those things people talk about. Uh, imagine the six-man team, Ray Dom and his dad, Eddie. <laughs> um, I can't imagine how much it would mean to Eddie Guerrero to watch Dominic Mysterio in the ring right now. And to me, he would probably have a, a, a personal involvement in the career of Dominic Mysterio. And, like, I, Dom knows that. You know, Dom, like, I think cried, like, his fir- like thinking about Eddie right before he went out for his SummerSlam match. Eddie was, Eddie was a special person, man. And it's like, yeah, I'm. I, who am I to Eddie Guerrero? And he affected me. You know what I mean? Much less the people who were actually in life. His life. I actually do have a fun, not a fun story, but uh, a story about Eddie Guerrero. Um, I've told it before, but I think it's appropriate now. Eddie Guerrero was WWE champion. He was here in Tampa, and uh, he brought his daughters into the ring. Shawl and uh, I can't remember the the other one's name. Sorry. Um, but brought them in the ring and he's like, you know, a lot of people don't know this. I'm, you know, from El Paso, but for the last couple years, I've actually lived in Tampa, Florida. And everyone's like, ah, you know, went crazy. And it's true. He did live in Tampa. Um, and so he's like, so this is a homecoming for us. And like, he's going off, he's going off on that while that's happening. Somebody throws a beer into the ring and just almost hits the little daughter, the littlest daughter. And Eddie Guerrero just kind of like looks and he kind of just goes off and he continues his promo, right? It's the end of the night. This is the last thing that's happening. So Eddie Guerrero, uh, you know, walks to the back very calmly. And again, nothing, nothing on his face, right? Just walks to the back and, you know, I guess puts them into gorilla and stuff. All of a sudden, he comes shooting through the curtain, Right? And he, and he jumps the barricade and he starts running to where this fan is because by now security's got this guy. And he goes, <laughs> he, and he's going, listen, motherfucker, you try to hit my fucking daughter. And he's like, he's going off. 
And we're literally, you know, I wasn't actually physically touching him, but there's a couple of us, my uncle, uh, my uncle David's there and a couple other people and we're there. Everyone's like kind of like pushing him back and like holding him. And they're like literally saying, we're all shouting, Eddie, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. As in like you're WWE champion. They were like, we're going to do this. is going to be bad publicity. <laughs> like this is, you know, it's not worth it. And so Eddie stops. And again, Michael says Eddie had that magic connection to the fans. This perfect example of how much he loved his fans because i remember this moment forever he stops and he just starts like, calming down and he looks at every single one of us and he individually and he goes hey thank you so much for you know calming me down i appreciate it love you kind of thing and he looked at all of us in the eye and he did it and they walked backstage and it's like to me like that always made me go like what a man he is a couple things one the fact that he ushered his daughters back and like remained calm for them and then came back out because like he could easily remember he's got a microphone and everything. Yeah. He could easily say, who the fuck threw that? What the fuck's your problem? In front of his daughters. Right. But he calmed it down and, and still was a man in front of them. But then when he came back out with that passion, with that Latino heat, if you will, legitimate Latino heat, he also listened to us and like a little pocket of fans who were like, Hey, it's not worth it. You know, because he's ready to kill. Like, you could tell, like, he was going to go fuck this guy up. And, um, you know, that was the last, you know, time I saw Eddie Guerrero uh, physically in person, too. You know, at a live event, too. So, I mean, it's a, it's a special memory, man. So, thought I'd share that. Um, the memories. But anyway, I guess let's touch on some things quick before we, we go home here. I, I feel like we touched on a lot. Um Oh, uh, Tanahashi. Uh, oh, Tanahashi showing up? Uh, yeah, he was explaining that to me because I didn't really know who Yeah, he Brandon was, didn't know who uh, Tanahashi was, and I had to explain to him. He's like, you know, the John Cena, like the ace of New Japan, and, and, and kind of catch yeah. Brandon up. Uh, and then I also did criticize AEW a little bit of not making that a bigger thing. Uh, but then I also realized that's because he's it's a New Japan event they're promoting, right. not AEW. But I will say that John Moxley did a better job of promoting Tanahashi. And maybe saying like, hey, show up in AEW or I'll make you my bitch, you know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe that'll lead to something. So maybe, hey, look, it's just a, a chapter in the story. But Tanahashi, you know, in an AEW involvement, it's a big deal. I was trying to tell Brandon, it's like, that is like, you know, um, John Cena showing up. All right. Uh, again, let's touch on little topics and then we'll end with uh, CM Punk, which I, I know people are calling to attention to. So Peacock is launching in the UK. Um I hope the WWE Network doesn't go exclusively to Peacock, because then you'll all know what we deal with here in the U.S. now. Oh. Um, let's talk quickly about NXT. Uh, Samoa Joe. How about Karrion Cross? Samoa Joe. Officially not the commissioner anymore, and he is now not the commissioner, the heavy, you know what I mean? But um, he's not coming back to the ring and challenging Karrion Cross at oh. TakeOver 36, which is going to be... This is this where we see the title change? And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Samoa Joe win the title, carry Cross go to Raw full-time. That's around that time, SummerSlam. That's a full call-up time period. Mm -hmm. Sasha Banks did it with Bayley, you know, in 2015. Um, my thing is, uh, Samoa Joe, if I'm not mistaken, and tell me in the chat, I think he's going to, that would make him the first three-time NXT champion. So you let me know. Um, is David Otunga returning to WWE? We're never talking about yes. David Otunga on this podcast, ever. Uh, but speaking... <laughs> but Dakota Kai finally turned on Raquel Gonzalez. I love the way she did it, which she uh, held up Raquel's hands and said, 
as long as I have your back, you will be the women's champion. And then she turned on her. Now, here's a question I post to everybody in the chat here. Everybody listening at home. What do you view this as? Was this a babyface turn for, for uh, Dakota Kai? Because the way I viewed it was that it was a babyface turn for Raquel Gonzalez. Because, quote-unquote, Dakota Kai, the heel, turned on her. Now, it gets confusing because, you know, the NXT crowd, the CWC, were cheering Dakota Kai. But you can't go off their reaction because, obviously, Dakota Kai is going to get cheered over Raquel Gonzalez. But I'm talking about what did WWE and NXT intend here? To me, it was to make Dakota Kai look like a turncoat, to make her look like jealous of her friend. And this is to set up Raquel Gonzalez uh, in, the, in a babyface role. My opinion. Okay, and so Hollis says Raquel going face. Yeah, and a lot of people disagreed with me when I said that, but I I think it is Raquel going going face because the uh, the crowd re- the the reaction they had too, where Dakota Kai kind of looked around and she was kind of like menacing, and Raquel kind of looked like I'm angry, but like how dare how how why'd you betray me? Like there was almost like a sympathetic look to the crowd. But to me, maybe with a little more seasoning, I think Raquel Gonzalez could have sold this a little bit better. And maybe there could have been a little bit more subtleties in their face, kind of. And Fernando actually says an intriguing um, take, which (laughs) is it's a heel versus heel, and that could very well be correct. Very well could be correct. I don't don't know. But again, I I think uh, Raquel is babyface. Now let's talk about uh, this topic real quick, um, which is Nikki Ash. You know, cashing in the money in the hey. bank. And then she A-S-H. lost. Uh, Nikki A-S-H. I'm sorry. Damn. You're an A-S-S for correcting me. Okay. <laughs> Freaking ashhole over here. Um, <laughs> but Nikki Ash. I'm just going to say. I, I'm not saying Nikki A-S-H every what? single time. Okay. Right. But Nikki Ash. <laughs> yeah. So by the way, Hollis, who uh, obviously you see her in the chat. She moderates it. Um, big fan of the podcast. Love her to death. <laughs> Uh, she's even listening. She had her son play it while she was driving in the car. Okay. She risked points on her license to hear Brandon's take, but she and me always disagree as much as we love each other. We always disagree on our takes. And yet me and Hollis have been agreeing with everything. So I'm worried about her. Okay. Because something is wrong. (laughs) Okay. Hollis Hollis should not be agreeing with me. And I, I don't know what's going on. All right. But anyway, um, now let's talk. Um, so Nikki Ash um, got beat by Charlotte Flair. And of course, the IWC, oh my God, she, why would you have a woman's champion be beat by Charlotte Flair? Charlotte was getting heat. Forgetting that Charlotte Flair lost the title in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like again, people are not fair with their booking. Charlotte Flair lost the title in 24 hours, but you're not mad over that. You're, you're mad at Nikki Ash, the women's champion, being beat by Charlotte Flair. How are you not understanding the storyline here? She's the underdog. They're like, well, why was she woman's champion? I don't know, because of a little thing called fucking money in the bank. It's like a lottery. It's like saying, how come she bought a Lexus when she's poor? I don't know, because she won 100,000 grand off of a scratch off. That's the same mentality to take into here. Why is she women's champion? Because she got money in the bank and she cashed in on an unsuspecting Charlotte Flair. I shouldn't have to tell you this after it's existed since 2005. So... The storyline being built here is that Nikki Ash cannot beat Charlotte Flair on one-on-one in an actual scenario, in an actual match, right? 
So it's going to mean more. The whole promo about I don't have confidence in myself and I want to find <laughs> April. April says, well, I came in time for a Kenny rant. But it's not you want WWE to book these nuances, but you can't understand a simple, simple storyline. Nikki Ash is the underdog. Charlotte Flair has her number. And now it's going to mean more when Nikki Ash beats Charlotte Flair. To me, she should lose for like four weeks in a row for, to Charlotte Flair. That way, yeah, when she... Fighting again next week? They're fighting again. Yeah, exactly. They're uh, fighting yeah. again on Raw. And everyone's like, oh, again? Blah, blah, blah. What's going on? This <laughs> sucks. And it's like, let it get there. Because when she meet, wins in front of 70,000 people at SummerSlam, unless SummerSlam's moved to the Thunderdome, <laughs> but that's a whole different story. Um, when she beats Charlotte Flair, it's going to be like, wow, look, the underdog won. The hero, the girl that didn't believe in herself. It means something. But then people will be like, that's stupid because they want to be miserable. <laughs> happy people are people. Yeah. Just be happy, you, now, guys. Now, you like you like the Nikki Ash character, right? I hate it's it. Some, oh, you hate it. I hate it. But that, that's my point. That, but that's you, you see, yeah, you see the point? Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. 30, a 32-year-old yeah. red-blooded male. The Nikki Ash character, ASH, is not for me. It's for, you know, the impressionable 17-year-old girl, you know, that she's speaking to about confidence. For the little kids that see a superhero. That's who it's for. I'm not going to sit there as a 32-year-old man and say, this is fucking stupid. This is, like, why am I going to take happiness out of people's lives? So, no, I hate the Nikki Ash character. I like the I like Nikki Cross. I like the whole sanity, crazy stuff. But this is not for me. And good for her for understanding that, hey... If WWE's not going to book me with my crazy character and not going to give me a push, maybe I can pitch something else that's a little bit more out of the box that they'll go for. The Hurricane did it in 2001. He became, do we know him as Shane Helms anymore? No, we know him as the Hurricane. We, that's the most famous character he ever had. Nikki Ash has something here. I see it. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean he ain't got something here. Hunter says, you hate the Nikki Ash character? Bruh, it's entertaining. I give it a chance. I'm saying it's not my favorite thing. It's not like my cup of tea. It's not the it's not the my menu the item McCain, on Starbucks, yeah. but hey, I'll order it every <laughs> once in a while. You know? But anyway. What do you think about Nikki Ash? Dude, I, I it's something different, you know? I'll give it that. Fair enough. Like like yeah. Because yeah, I kinda I wanted to see more of the sort of sanity Nikki cross stuff because I didn't see as much of it. NXT, but you know, maybe it's run its course, you know. So at least they're trying something. They're doing something different. Exactly. Like you said, stagnation. Trying, stagnation yeah. is the worst thing you can have. And at least she tried something out of the box. Yeah. You know. So I like that. I like that a lot. Um. And look, Halloween sales, kids would love it. Exactly. All right. I mean, the Nikki Ash character. I think we'll talk more about it in depth as we go along, especially right. if she loses again on Monday Night Raw, because I know I I'm gonna spoil it right now. If you want to know what heat, what tweet I'm going to get heat for, because you know me and my tweet heats, uh, I'm going to get it for complimenting uh, Nikki Ash getting beat again on Monday Night Raw. Mark my words. <laughs> All right. So spoiler alert for Monday coming up. Yeah. Now, I guess let us go into the main event. The one thing I want to talk about, which is the fact that it's all been all but confirmed that CM Punk is going to AEW. Brandon, your thoughts as a casual? I, yeah, like part of me is like, oh man, this will be great if they're able to sign, you know, someone like a CM Punk because there's not really a whole lot of big name 
people you know out there that i think they can sort of bring in that'll sort of take things up or sort of maybe bring eyeballs over from the other to just go check it out you know right um but this is somebody they can bring in you know he got the indie pass and stuff so it like he'll, he'll fit it doesn't feel like yo it's showtime here we go Change up oh, the yeah, screen no, there, but go ahead. Yeah, no, you're fine. Yeah, um, but part of me has been like, you know, all this time they've been rumoring like, he's coming back to wrestling, he's going to do something. And so I, I was always like, man, it'll be funny if like he doesn't actually end up coming back. But yeah. they've been making all these stuff that I wasn't catching that you were pointing out. They were making all these references and saying all these sort of lines were. and stuff during the show. They were. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's going to be in Chicago. There's the new show. They're hyping. You know, maybe they, as soon as they happen. said AEW Rampage was in Chicago, everyone started chanting CM chanting, Punk, yeah. CM Punk, CM Punk. And uh, yeah, this Brandon, uh, I, this one feels real because like you, I've been a little bit scorned of like I every, everyone's always saying it, CM Punk's going places and doing this and right. doing that. I mean, there were rumors fueled because Living Color, the band that does Cult of Personality, the past week followed AEW. They've now unfollowed, mm. but like people caught it. They were like, whoa, why'd they follow? But then CM Punk started trolling by following WWE and AEW and then like, you know, right, so right, kind of right, doing yeah. some damage control. But I think, you know, Living Color following All Elite Wrestling was like, hey, maybe Tony Khan was in talks with them to get the song, you know, Cult of Personality, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, so they followed not thinking like, oh, wrestling fans are going to go search their follows. So I think there, there's a lot of proof, you know, with a lot of different sources that, hey, that CM Punk is coming. Um, and I think he's going to wrestle. A lot of people are saying he's back as commentator. I don't think so. I think this is a wrestle, like, because it's now or never with his age, you know? And mm. um, now is the time to go to AEW. I don't think, I didn't want him to personally come back to WWE. Because all oh, the shit he's okay. talked about WWE it's it like could have been a little weird. It would have been, been a little been a weird time, for me though. as a fan, but it's also like the contributions he can make to a company like W. Right. Him and a Daniel Bryan, like I said, are like a Rockin' and Austin. For like, I, okay, get, there's me again with the Rockin' Austin comparisons. <laughs> so I'm gonna get more heat. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they could be the pillars of AEW in that yeah. sense. You know, what I mean, they're guys who have unique points of view because, again, I, I I pointed this out. I'm like, especially more so in Brian Danielson's case, but still in CM Punk's case, where you know. They have the point of view. They know what it's like to go from an indie promotion to a big promotion. So they know what you need to do to kind of just amp it up a little bit and to kind of make yourself more important. But they also know what it's like to leave the big time as well. You know what I mean? So they have these unique points of view that nobody else has. Like the big show and Mark Henry and Christian Cage even, because Christian Cage has been gone from the indies for a while, don't have the points of view that a CM Punk and a Brian Danielson have. I think CM Punk's going to mean more backstage I think Brian Danielson would mean more backstage than uh than CM Punk only because I, I don't know. I don't know if CM Punk's going to put in the time that a Daniel Bryan would put in, you know? But again, CM Punk's going to be a big fucking deal. And maybe we can get CM Punk to stop being chanted on WWE TV afterwards. <laughs> but then again, they might just start chanting it more. Yeah. I think you know? it'll make it worse. Oh. Is Daniel Bryan trademarked by WWE? Absolutely. Absolutely. He'll he'll go by Brian Danielson. Which the, I'll pose this in the chat. Comment if this is after the fact. Comment. Would you do you want to hear the final countdown for Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson in AEW, or do you want to hear a Mikey Ruckus take on Flight of the Valkyries? Brandon, what do you think? I want to hear uh, Jungle Boys. Don't thing. troll. <laughs> for real, what do you think? 
What did I tell you? Yeah, no, no. People want to hear your takes, yeah. bro. They want to hear you try to be funny because you're not funny. Yeah, you're not yeah, funny. No, you're no. you're the Nikki Ash of this podcast. You're booked to be the underdog. Now, come on. I am I am Charlotte Flair. Let me. No, I'm just kidding. But go ahead, for real. What's your? Yeah, opinion? no. Let, let's let's get the the ruckus. Get the Mikey Ruckus stuff. Man. But why? Like, I don't know. He's making he's making banging banging hits. But why? No, hold on. You just just because you want him to make a song? Yeah. I actually have a reason for why I'm saying give him Flight of the Valkyries. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, well, I'm saying, well, since he's like going to a, I guess it'll feel a little bit different since he's going to AEW. Yeah. You know what I mean? As okay, like, but you see, I think, I think to me, that's because there's a, you know, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but you have an ignorance yeah. towards his indie career. You don't know it really, right? So I've right. seen all the awesome entrances, the all the awesome matches. So the final countdown holds a fondness in my heart. You know, I have a fondness for that one, all right? If you like the final countdown for, for Brian Danielson, hit a thumbs up on this episode right now. Let me tell you why I don't necessarily want to hear it in AEW. To me, the final countdown is a Brian Danielson song. Great indie song would be, you know, something that gets a good reaction from the AEW faithful. But what about the casuals? What about the people who are going to tune into AEW for the first time because Brian Danielson's there? What about the people who don't watch AEW all the time, but once they hear he goes over, uh, they'll tune in. If you have Flight of the Valkyries, which is a public domain song available to be remade by Mikey Ruckus, to me, the, the hardcore fans will still pop when they hear Flight of the Valkyries because as soon as you hear, you know exactly who it is. But then also the people who aren't paying attention as much will know exactly who that is. So to me, it'll mean more to do that. And then here's the thing. You can always have him use the final countdown at like a big pay-per-view. He can always still use it. And yes, Hunter asking, wait, the final countdown, like the rock song from the 80s? Yes. Like the... So people were saying, oh, it would be epic, you know, the fans singing the lyrics. But somebody pointed this out to me. They said, wouldn't it be better to have Flight of the Valkyries because fans can do this? They can do the yes, yes, yes. And I said, well, it's going to depend. If he wants to embrace the yes, yes, yes stuff absolutely keep him with flight of the valkyries if he's like i am brian danielson the yes movement is dead kind of like y2j saying that's old create that's you know old idea for bad creative and all that if that's how he wants to view it then don't give him flight of the valkyries because there's no way he's going to get away from the yes chance if he if he has flight of the valkyries okay so but to me again if i'm if i'm brian danielson keep the yes chance because that's going to just engage the whole arena much better than them singing the lyrics to the final countdown. Right. And, and Hunter says, I'm tired of the yes <laughs> chance. You could be tired of them. I could be tired of them for that matter too, but you go to a live event, you wouldn't do the yes chance. I don't care how tired you are. Everybody will go. Yes. Yes. And April says, you know, I think we'll do it anyways. I agree, but try to yes to the final countdown. Go ahead, Brandon. Sing the final countdown. Oh, yes. Final countdown. You know how slow it is? Yeah. And Hunter says, I want the yes chance dead with WWE. I, I don't think so. But again, you know, it again depends on how he views it. I don't think it should be dead. I think the yes movement should be something that goes with him for his entire career. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, just change the yes chance. I, I don't think you can copyright yes. Can you? That's a, that's a good take because somebody used yeah. to change it from yes to the yup chance. But I don't think you can copyright the word yes 
who knows who knows if he can't take it then yeah maybe just give him the final countdown but again i think we'll see both songs anyway i think it would be like a moxley situation where it's like have him come out to fly the valkyries because he's got well established under that song it's available for use because it's a public domain song um and then you can always pay for the rights to the final countdown later on anyway right but i like how you'd with out of the gate Dude, I would actually like if him and CM Punk feuded right out the gate. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, because I, I, when's the last time we had a feud where it was two debuting guys as opposed to, like, them kind of going into, you know, other feuds right off the bat? Because, like, you know, you could argue maybe CM Punk goes to, like, a Kenny Omega or, you know, or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. We'll see. I I think either way, um, either way, it's going to be good. I, I'm excited to see CM Punk. I mean, obviously, with it being in Chicago, on though. Anybody, I'll say it like this, anybody, I don't care what type of wrestling fan you are or, or what your bias, if you don't see that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, that's going to take me a while. The, I, I, I say it like this, I'm always like, until I see the new name, I always have the like current name in my head. That's the type of, type of person I am. So until he walks out as Brian Danielson, I think I'll be calling him Daniel Bryan. You know what I mean? But um, if you don't think CM Punk... And Brian Danielson going to AEW is a good thing, then you're just too much of a WWE mark. Mm-hmm. It's good for AEW. It is a great thing. And it, you know what? I'm glad to see WWE kind of getting pressured a little bit because now there's another viable option for professional wrestlers to go with a lesser schedule with comparable money. And in Brian Danielson's case, he'll get to go for, to other, like New Japan and other places, things he wants to do, and have creative control. And remember, creative control for Brian Danielson. Remember, he had he was on the creative for SmackDown for a little bit. Remember that he was asking to work with some of these guys who were not being pushed. I have a faith in Brian Danielson that his creative control is not like, well, give me the title, brother, and uh, I think we'll run with it for 15 months, and then, uh, you know, maybe I'll drop it. Uh, maybe Tanahashi comes over, and I'll uh, drop it to him, and then he'll, uh, I'll beat him in the Tokyo Dome, brother. You know, like, I, not something like that. He would be like, hey, Dante, you know, Dante Martin's a pretty damn good wrestler. Let me work with him on Dark. You know, let me work with him on uh, episode of Dynamite. You know, hey, there's this guy coming, Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, loved his dad. Let me work with him. You know what I mean? Like, I have a feeling his creative control is going to be like to better the business. Wait, ho- wait, right. wait hold on. You're going to get heat with Brandon. As Hunter <laughs> says, WWE's response will be X-Pac. Hey, X-Pac is a Hall of Famer. He's a draw. He's got a heat named after Brandon, him, right? You don't know this, but Brandon's Come two on. favorite wrestlers are X-Pac and Hardcore Holly. <laughs> and April, I always appreciate April. And I tell you why. Uh, April in the chat right here is, uh, you know, not biased uh, a lot of the time. She kind of goes between WWE and AEW. Um, because I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of AEW people who are like not happy either. That like, we don't need like a Brian Danielson. We don't need a, you know, CM Punk, like F those WWE type guys. And it's just like, Again, it's like, don't get so far in your fandom that you can't see good and bad for what it is. CM Punk and Daniel, and Daniel Bryan come to AEW. Good thing. <laughs> Hunter. They got Daniel Bryan and Punk will bring back X-Pac. <laughs> X-Pac will be the first three-time Hall of Famer. Please, never. But guys, I know I had some hot takes in this episode. And if you think uh, you like my hot takes, you like Brandon's hot takes, please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or subscribe to our podcast. 
YouTube.com slash Kenny for your thoughts. We're also available on audio platforms. I haven't said this in a while, but we're available on Apple. Was it Apple Podcasts, Spotify? I don't think Google Play Music even exists anymore. It's on YouTube Podcasts now. Uh, so we're available wherever you get your podcasts. But check us out on YouTube. Hope you like the episode. We'll be back next week. Some more hot takes. Right, Brandon? Staying hot. Saving ourselves with some manscapes. Can I leave on that? Yes. All right. Getting ready for a date, now I'm in the zone. But I had to clean up quick before I hit the road. Normal clippers mess me up, nicks and cuts were just too much. Now I'm bleeding everywhere, they're itching on me too. Every sleepless night, got too much hair down there. I need to mow it down, gotta stay clean to bear, but there's a better way, and now I can shave these things, this much I know is true. Use Manscaped to shave your pubes, and you'll be silky smooth.